0: the buffalo bills what's up buffalonians it's your boy nick english if you want the facts the stats and all the sports info in a 716 you have come to the right place this is english encore buffalo's favorite sports channel I'm your host, Nick English. I greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. If you do not do so already, please give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And if you have not checked out my latest episode with Louisville assistant video coordinator Joe Reticliano, a recurring guest, please do me a favor and go check out that episode. It's a great interview with Joe. He talks about his. You know, experience this year after coming over from Cornell women's basketball as an assistant coach, transitioning into a new role. Talking about Louisville's amazing run to the Elite Eight, diving into all the the behind-the-scenes stuff that a lot of people don't normally get to hear or see. And then we also get into some WNBA stuff, talking about one of the best players in the draft, Dana Evans, who was going to Louisville, which I'll talk about her when I do my mock draft later in this episode. But today, I'm going to be going over the top 16 picks for my NFL mock draft. I'll be going into the first round of 12 picks for the WNBA mock draft, talking about Coach Roy Williams retiring, and then we'll be closing the show with some MLB talk. So, starting things off with the NFL draft, there's been a handful of shreds that have already happened so far. The 49ers moving up to number 3. Miami and Philadelphia making some um switches where they're going to be picking so Miami moving back up after originally trading out of that three spot they'll be at six then Philadelphia going all the way down to 12 I'm sure we're going to see a lot more movement as the draft gets closer and closer I anticipate a lot of quarterbacks being taken early and often I'm actually going to be going through and talking about five who I think are going to be going in the top 16 so let's just kick things off number one is going to be Trevor Lawrence Jacksonville clearly needs a quarterback they haven't had a good quarterback in a long time probably going all the way back to byron leftwich and david garrard era i know blake bortles is able to get them to an afc championship but he was never really a great quarterback so trevor lawrence is easy number one pick you know coming out of clemson one of the best players in college football Uh, he's kind of been the consensus for the past few years it was kind of just waiting for him to become draft eligible The number two pick by the New York Jets is going to be one that is interesting. It is very clear that they are going to be drafting a quarterback after they traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth round pick in this year's draft and then a second and fourth round pick in next year's draft. So the Panthers kind of get taken out of that quarterback potential selection in the first round, but the Jets clearly will be taking a quarterback to build around with Robert Sala, and his new system. They bring over Mike LaFleur, who served um, with the 49ers with Robert Sala, and I think he's going to be actually a really good offensive coordinator, and I think that's why a lot of people are thinking Zach Wilson is going to go number two. They think that his skill set is going to fit better in LaFleur's system. I still personally think that Justin Fields um, is the more talented quarterback, but I think for the Jets, I think Zach Wilson makes a lot of sense, even though I don't think he's as talented. The third pick, 49ers, even though they've committed to Jimmy Garoppolo in the media and said that he's their guy, I still don't think that means they're not going to draft a the quarterback, whether that's to sit behind Jimmy G for one year or two um, and really develop, or they could still move Garoppolo to a team like the Patriots or Chicago Bears or a team like that before the season starts. I know there's been a lot of hype around Mac Jones going number three of the 49ers, but I think it's going to be Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields, with the talent that he has, I know some of the off-the-field stuff is what is being questioned by him, you know, his character, whether he wants to be in, or they've said he's a first one in, for, or excuse me, last one in, first one out type player. We'll see if that actually comes true in the NFL. But just the skill set alone, I think he'd fit really well in Shanahan's system. I think he'd give the offense a lot more juice than Jimmy Garoppolo gives them. I think it would allow Shanahan to do a lot of different things because of Fields' ability to throw outside the pocket compared to Garoppolo. So I think the 49ers at three will go with Justin Fields. Atlanta at number four is going to be very interesting. I think this is a team that could trade down and you could see some moves up the board, but I didn't want to go through too many trades. So I kind of just kept the order as it is um, in the top 16 with things obviously could move around. But at number four, I have the Atlanta Falcons selecting Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. I know that's super high for a tight end. However, with Matt Ryan under contract, it's for the next couple of years, they're not going to be able to move that contract. You're locked into Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They have the pieces on offense to, you know, really be successful. And I think at this point, their defense is just so bad that they need to go out and add as many guys in free agency and then in rounds two through seven as possible. But here, I think you're going to try to take advantage of what you have left in Matt Ryan. So adding Kyle Pitts with Julio Jones and Kelvin Ridley, I think it makes a ton of sense. They have a lot of speed and versatility on the offensive side of the ball. Um, And I think it's going to be a great opportunity for them to really take advantage of Matt Ryan's last few probably prime years of his career number five I have Cincinnati taking Penny Sewell the offensive tackle from Oregon I know some of the wide receivers like Jamar Chase Jalen Waddle have been rumored to go to the Bengals but at the same time to me Joe Burrow coming off of that gruesome injury the last thing you want to do is continue to get him hit Sewell is clearly the best offensive tackle in this draft in my opinion so you have to protect your franchise quarterback so this is the perfect fit for them you know, they can go out and get wide receivers in free agency or in the later rounds in a really deep wide receiver class. They still have T. Higgins from last year. Tyler Boyd has always been a very reliable Caesar, excuse me, receiver. I know A.J. Green is gone, but he really wasn't doing much for them last year anyway. So to meet Penny Sewell makes the perfect um, selection for the Bengals here. Number six, Miami, after originally trading um, with the 49ers and moving down the trade back up with the Philadelphia Eagles. I have them selecting Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. I think Jamar Chase is the most physically gifted receiver in this draft. It's going to allow Tua Tagovailoa to develop into another um, level as a quarterback. I know he was very up and down last year. But getting Jamar Chase to pair with a Devontae Parker, Mike Gisicchi at tight end. They got un- excuse me, they got a lot of production from an unknown in Gaskin last year out of the running back position and they have an okay offensive line so to me this makes a ton of sense to really help Tua develop and their defense is already very good as is as we saw last year getting interceptions pretty much every single game Zavian Howard's one of the best in the game overall at number seven of uh, the Detroit Lions taking Devontae Smith the wide receiver from Alabama you know they lose Kenny Galladay to the New York Giants and they don't have really a lot of skill position players to go with Jared Goff. So I think this would be a perfect fit. Devontae Smith is one of the best receivers in this draft. Super high speed guy, um, can pinpoint the ball really well and won the Heisman this past year. So I think it's, would be a very good fit for Jared Goff kind of get him his guy going forward as he's going to be their franchise quarterback. Um, You know, Smith's a little bit on the smaller side compared to a Jamar Chase, but I think he'll uh, translate very well into the NFL. At number eight, Carolina Panthers. Originally, I probably would have had them selecting a quarterback if they did not make the Sam Darnold trade. However, since they did do that, I have them selecting Rashawn Slaughter, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. Offensive line's been a really big issue for the Panthers for the past few years bringing in Sam Darnold you want to get the most out of him the next two years they picked up his fifth year option so they're going to see if Sam Darnold can be the guy for them and the best way to do that is to protect him and give him a real chance to succeed they already have an okay wide receiving core with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore I know they lost Curtis Samuel in the offseason but they could get another receiver or tight end um, in the second and third rounds to really beef up the offense and then obviously Christian McCaffrey um, is going to be back and healthy. Number nine, Denver. I have them selecting quarterback Mac Jones from Alabama. I think they've kind of gone through the Drew Locke experiment. And Denver just honestly just needs to keep drafting a quarterback until they find one because right now, free agents aren't really looking to go there from a quarterback perspective. I know Deshaun Watson um had rumored saying that he might want to go there, but he has already a lot of allegations going on against him. So we have no idea what's going to happen for him. Uh, Elway just hasn't had the opportunity to find the right quarterback and now that he's taking a step back i think it's a good opportunity for denver to take a chance on a guy who in mac jones who's had a really successful college career the thing that worries me is there really has never been a great alabama quarterback that's translated well into the nfl jalen hurts had an okay um start to his career last year but you know he finished his career alabama or excuse me at oklahoma So we'll see if Mac Jones can translate to the NFL. I think he is a good pocket passing quarterback. Reminds me a little bit of Daniel Jones. Uh, So we'll see if he can translate for the Denver Broncos, hopefully, if he gets picked there. Number 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys selecting Patrick Certain. The second cornerback from Alabama. This is obvious. Dallas needs as much help as they can get. On the defensive side of the ball, they don't have a true number one lockdown corner yet. You know, Trevon Diggs is someone who I think can develop into that. But getting certain to pair with Diggs, I think, would be great for their defense if they truly want to be a Super Bowl contender. At number 11, I have the New York Giants selecting Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. He's honestly probably one of the top five most talented players in this draft. The only reason he goes this far um, is just because of team needs. Um, I think he could be a great fit for the Giants and really anchor that defense. Number 12, I have the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Jalen Waddle. Waddle's here from Alabama. I know they drafted a wide receiver high last year in the draft. However, if you really want to see what Jalen Hurts can do, you need to get him as much skill set players as you can. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Zach Ertz, most likely he's going to be gone as well. Um, The only real receiver they have right now is Jalen Rieger. They don't have a lot of other talent. I know Dallas Goddard's okay at the tight end position, and they don't like to run the ball. We'll see what they do with their new head coach, but I think Waddle will be a good fit there for the Chargers. Kind of same thing I've talked about, Sam Darnold, as well as Joe Burrow. You need to find players to protect your franchise quarterback, Justin Herbert. So Christian Derrissaw, the offense tackle from Virginia Tech, I think would be the perfect fit here. The Chargers were banged up with a ton of injuries all last year. Justin Herbert got hit a lot, so I think they need to address that. Minnesota at number 14, I had them selecting Quidi Pay, the defensive end from Michigan. They just really need pass rushing. Their defense really struggled last year. They have a decent secondary just because Harrison Smith is always going to be back there um, as that ball hawking safety. And then obviously their linebackers are very good, anchored by Anthony Barr. But they need to get more pass rushing, so QDP here makes a lot of sense. 15, New England. This is a team that could be moving up or down in the draft. Bill Belichick always keeps it interesting. But I think right here, Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, makes a ton of sense. He can sit for one year, develop behind Cam Newton. I think um, Lance has a lot more upside um, than a lot of these other quarterbacks that would go after him, whether that's a Kyle Trask um, or even uh, the quarterback that the Patriots drafted a few years ago in Jared Stidham. I think Trey Lance would be a good fit here. And then closing off 16 midway through, I have Arizona selecting JC Horn, cornerback from South Carolina. I think he's Personally, my favorite cornerback in the draft just because of his skill set, and I think he's good in both man and zone coverage. They obviously lost Patrick Peterson in the offseason, so they need to fill that role, and I think J.C. Horn will be a good fit. We'll be doing the next half of a mock draft um, later in a few weeks. And then transitioning over to the WNBA. As I mentioned before, I talked about some WNBA stuff with Joe in the last episode, but I just want to quickly go through the first round of a WNBA mock draft, something that I haven't had a lot of conversation about on the podcast. And I want to get more and more women's sports on here. So I'm just going to go through picks one through 12, which is the first round. The Dallas wings have a ton of picks. Number one overall, I think Charlie Collier, the center from Texas is going to be the pick. She averaged 19 points and 11 rebounds. So a double, double, Um, you know, this past year, the biggest question mark with her is if she's going to be able to adjust to the post players in the WNBA she really struggled in a tournament against teams that knew how to play her in the post but I think overall she's still going to be the best fit for Dallas and then they also have the second pick um Orella Garantas, the shooting guard from Rutgers she's able to create her own shot any which way she averaged 21 points six rebounds and five assists on the season um, I think getting these two players right off the bat would be great for Dallas to really improve their roster. Um, third overall, Atlanta Dream is going to be an interesting spot because there are a lot of players um, that could go here. Whether that's Renaya Davis from Tennessee, Ari McDonald from Arizona, Dana Evans from Louisville. But I went a little bit outside the box. A walk here. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that. But the power forward from Finland, six foot five. Um, insane skill set, 9.7 rebounds in one and a half blocks um, overseas here. I think this is something you're going to start seeing more and more in the WNBA. I know NBA has had a lot of players come over from overseas. I haven't seen too many in WNBA over the course of um, the past few years, but I think she's just such a unique talent. I don't see her going any farther than three or four, so I have her going third to the Atlanta Dream. Fourth, I have the Indiana Fever, selecting Renaya Davis, a small forward from Tennessee. She's a great defender and has the ability to score. The biggest thing for her is that she has to improve her three-point shooting. She only shot 26% this year. If she can really get that up to a 33 35% and then continue to get that up, she'll be a great 3 and D player for whoever takes her, but I think she would be a really good fit for the Indiana Fever. These next two picks could definitely be interchangeable for the Dallas Wings, and New York Liberty. Um, The Wings definitely are going to need a point guard to go along with Collier and Garantis, who I selected at one and two. Um, They need as much scoring as they can get. Personally, I think Dana Evans is the more talented player. However, just based on her tournament alone, I think Ari McDonald, the point guard from Arizona, is going to go here. She averaged 20.6 points, 5.6 rebounds, and four assists um, throughout the course of the season. She did struggle in the championship game, but I think overall... As we've seen a lot, tournaments really matter in both the NBA and WNBA draft. So I think ari McDonald will go number five to the Wings. Number six, New York Liberty I have them selecting Dana Evans, the point guard from Louisville. ACC Player of the Year is an elite scorer, can do it at every level, three-point range, mid-range, get into the paint. Um, she had an outstanding NC tournament, um, scoring 20 points in multiple games, and she'll be joining a lot of her former teammates. Um, that played at Louisville previously, who are on the Liberty, and I think her and Sabrina Nescu would be a really good pair. Dallas wings another pick in the first round, um, so they have four first-round picks. I have them taking Jasmine Locker, the power forward from Alabama, shot 40% from three. Um, just the ability to stretch the floor is huge for Dallas. I mean, just in this mock draft, LoMa had them grabbing a point guard, shooting guard, power forward, and center. Um, this team that really needs everything, so you might as well grab. A positional player at every position, and I think Walker had a really nice this year this year for Alabama, so I think she makes a ton of sense here. Number eight, the Chicago side, uh, Chelsea Dungy from Arkansas, the shooting guard, 22.3 points uh, average as a senior, um, just natural scorer. Um, Chicago doesn't need as much help as some of these other teams, but I think she'd be a very good player that could start off the bench and then eventually turn into a starter. The Minnesota Lynx, Keanu Williams, who was outstanding for Stanford um, in their championship run, the point guard. She can just do a lot of things. She's a great three-point shooter. She played a lot of big minutes for Stanford, average almost 30 minutes a game. So I think she's going to step in right away with the potential to be a starter or just be a high-volume player off the bench. The Los Angeles Sparks, you know, I'm going to have them taking Natasha Mack, the power for from Oklahoma State, She's one of the most underappreciated players, I think, in this draft. Personally, I think she should go a lot higher just based on the research I did in the mock draft. She just wasn't going that high, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me because she averaged a double-double. Um, she was the nation's leading uh, block getter, and I think she'd be a perfect fit for the Sparks, who struggled a little bit last year defensively, and she could step right in and help them there. With The 11th pick in the first round, Sales Storm. Uh, DeJana Carrington, the shooting guard from Baylor, very physical player, um, isn't afraid to get contact. Um, kind of like Dana Evans can score at all three levels, and I think she'd be a great contributor for them. And then the last pick in the first round for the Las Vegas Aces, I'm probably going to butcher this name and I apologize. Um, Michaela Onwaniere, the small forward from UCLA. Average 19.1.7.2 rebounds. Has um, a little bit undersized. For WNBA, But I think because of her skill set, shooting the ball, she'll be able to overcome that and be a big impact for the Aces who had a really good year last year. But that is my first round mock draft for WNBA. We'll be talking about them a lot more um, as their season progresses um, throughout the year, getting more into women's sports. Transitioning over into Roy Williams. He called it a career a few weeks ago. Haven't really had the chance to talk about that, but... I just want to take a second to talk about him for a second. 33 years coaching, 903 wins, 264 losses, was 418 and 101 at Excuse me, at Kansas, 485 and 163 at North Carolina, 30 NCAA tournament appearances, nine final fours, three NCAA titles in 2005, 9 and 2017, 18-time regular season champion, seven-time tournament champion, whether that was in ACC or when he was at Kansas and then you look at two-time AP coach of the year and two-time ACC coach of the year to me he's easily a top five coach all time you know him Mike Krzyzewski, um Knight all these guys Roy Williams is one of the best to ever do it so I just want to give him his props um, I think North Carolina is going to be in a good place going forward he really jump-started this program which was kind of dead before he got there um, and was really able to turn it around and turn them into a championship team Um, and ultimate respect to him and I have no doubt that he is going to enjoy his retirement and you can kind of tell he just kind of lost um, the feeling of being a coach. Um, Not to say that he couldn't have kept going but I think he didn't want to keep going if he wasn't going to be at his very best um, coachability and I think Some of these older coaches, it's harder to make that transition. Now we're seeing, because of the transfer portal, these one-and-done guys, um, it's been a lot harder for some of these older coaches to adjust. So credit to Roy Williams, one of the best to ever do it. Um, One of my personal favorite coaches. Um, So congrats to him. And then closing off today's show, we're talking about some MLB. Um, Just some early takeaways. We're not very deep into the season. Only really seven, eight games for a lot of teams. Um, Some teams even less because of COVID. But just some general takeaways: The Reds are off to an insane start. No one really saw coming. They're off to a six and one start. Uh, Tyler Naquin has five home runs. Uh, Nick Castellanos four home runs. They're really hitting the ball extremely well and getting surprisingly good pitching. The Orioles surprisingly are off to a four and three start and not the not the best record. But they're currently leading the AL East because of all the other struggles. They swept the Red Sox. Um, so Orioles credit to them Um, Joe Musgrove yesterday threw a no hitter for the Padres, really cool to see, no Padres pitcher had ever done that before, they have a lot of big expectations this year Um, I think the Padres could easily compete for a World Series just based on their hitting alone their pitching definitely needs some work but I think the addition of Blake Snell in the offseason is really going to carry them forward and if Musgrove can continue to pitch well, um, I think they are going to be good and here we are again talking about the los angeles angels like we do i feel like at the beginning of the year every single year is this going to be the year where the angels can finally do it and use mike trout and his amazing skill set and make a consistent team and you know have a consistent record all the way through the year and make a playoff um push and actually make it they're six and two to start you know, Mike Trout's hitting 429. He's got three home runs and six RBIs already. Um, it just seems like they always start off so hot, and then as the year progresses, they get worse and worse. So it'll be very interesting to see if they can actually hold this up um, for a long period. You know, like I said, it's only a few games in, and it's a very long season, but it's definitely a good start for them. Hopefully, they can maintain it because I think the playoffs would be a lot better if Mike Trout was in it. And then the biggest controversy in the MLB, I think, so far was just a few days ago with Michael Conforto um, during the Marlins game, leaning in and taking a hit by pitch to give the New York Mets a walk-off win. Um, Unfortunately, that isn't a play that is reviewable. Um, You can review whether or not the ball hit the player, but you cannot review whether it was a ball or strike or if he was leaning into it. So the ump admitted that he got the call wrong. However, you can't change the outcome of the game, but a lot of controversy there. New York Mets had a slow start to their season because of the Nationals getting COVID and having to cancel their first series. I think the Mets are going to be a super interesting team. Blue Jays and Yankees, the two teams I think that are the favorites in the AL East, have been struggling so far. Blue Jays have been hitting very well, but their pitching has not been great. And, you know, the Yankees have been very up and down. Some of their pitchers have been performing really well, but then they haven't been getting the hitting. And then, you know, Kluber gets killed yesterday and the Yankees weren't able to come back. So, Definitely an interesting gear for the MLB. We'll be talking about the MLB way more as the season progresses. But that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Please give me a follow on Instagram at EnglishEncorePodcast if you do not so already. And please check out my latest episode with head, or excuse me, video coordinator Joe Reticliano from Louisville. I will be back again on Monday or Tuesday. We're going to be talking about the Buffalo Bills. Probably talk about some more draft stuff with them. We're going to talk about the Sabres as the trade deadline um, is vastly approaching. So we're going to see what happens there. And actually, as I'm saying this right now, Brandon Montour actually just got traded from the Sabres to the Panthers for a third-round pick. So I'll be diving into that on Monday or Tuesday as well. And me and Zach will be back next week. But appreciate everyone for tuning in. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. action, Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.